Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Wherever you are, find Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and we are in places around there. We're still doing the podcast teleconferencing, uh, but... We're glad you're here, whether you found us on Pray.com, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Facebook. We're glad you're here. But before I uh, introduce the panel to discuss today's scripture, uh, we got an edition of the Man Up Men Matter Fast Five. We're going to go to that right now. Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends segment. This is where we focus the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast audience on organizations and resources helpful to the spiritual man. Five questions to give you, our listener, a quick overview. And now, for the Men Matter, focus on Friends Fast Five. And welcome, everybody. This is the Men Matter interview segment uh, sponsored by Man Up Media. And uh, this is a real honor for me to bring a longtime supporter of man up to go ahead and interview on this and i think most men understand you don't succeed on your own and we were so blessed to have a a supporter long before we actually got going and we're in our fourth year so we actually bored this particular gentleman for a couple of years about what we were going to do before we actually did it uh he's a native texan he now has his doctorate of theology and he really is a rising star in uh, the Baptist ministry. Uh, let's please welcome, he's now a senior pastor, Chris Curran. Chris, thank you so much for being a part of Men Matter. Welcome. Oh, it's good to be with you, Bill. And uh, I do remember from the very get-go when we got in that little room upstairs and we had no idea where Man Up was going to go. And it's been just great to see uh, the six, seven, eight of y'all continue this on. And glad to be with you today. For this Fast Five, we want to talk uh, with you about uh, the organization that you're with now. Oh, no problem. I am the pastor of Southland Baptist Church in San Angelo, Texas. We like to say Southland Baptist uh, exists to uh, help people uh, transform, be nurtured and transformed by God, nurtured in Christ, and sent in the Spirit. And I understand you being the senior pastor, you have to oversee all the uh, ministry opportunities that go on with Southland Baptist, but kind of wanted to uh, steer your attention to what you see as the current state of uh, men of faith. You know, I I think one thing pastors, anyone's working right now during COVID-19 is especially where I live, we have a lot of people in the oil field and that has dried up and you've had people get unemployed um, because of COVID-19 and, and, and lose their job. And I think when a man, a lot of time a man's identity is in his job 
And so that's been going on out here. Um, and, so, and so I think that's, that's one of the big things in, in that we deal with on a day in and day out basis. The, the other thing I think with men is they're not always really good with um, seeking out community, asking for help. Um, somehow we think we're supposed to have this rugged individual pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and do it on our own. And you know, as we read scripture, that, that's just not the way it works. Uh, Christ is the head of the church and the church is the body of Christ. And uh, I wish a lot of times, whether it's employment issues or marital issues or, or mental issues, um, that men would reach out. And I think if men would reach out and be connected with other men and seek out the body of Christ and the community, um, there's so many times someone's been in my office and I thought, man, I wish they were here six months ago. I really could have probably helped them in what they were doing and it would have a lot less pain than what it is today. I don't know if you remember back in uh, Man Up, but, uh, but we had a saying back then, if you're awesome, say it. Because men, they tried to be the best they can in, in school and athletics and at work, and yet they, they aren't able to talk about it or don't feel that they can without necessarily bragging. And so they hold that in, and then when they have some type of issue that goes against them, like, like what you mentioned with unemployment or losing a relationship, they go into that despair, and they don't talk about that either. You, you know, I'll tell you a story that I've learned from a mentor, which really spoke to me. He told me that most of the time when men make phone calls to other men, it's almost always about work. It's almost always about something, hey, I need you to do this, and could you do this for the maybe kids' soccer team, or can you volunteer here, or do you have that spreadsheet for work? And he said, you know, women are so much better of calling other women and just checking in on them to see how they're doing as human beings than men. And he told me the story that a lot of times when men retire, they don't have anybody to call because their whole life, all they've been doing is calling people to do something for him or for work or ha have a job. And, and he told me, he said, you know, if you would get in the habit of just calling one or two of your guy friends a week and just checking in on them, say, hey, man, I was thinking about you. How is it going? It's amazing what that would do for your life. And I have put that discipline into my life that I have, I have some guys I talk to maybe once or twice a month outside of where I live. Um, I have some that I talk once every three months, but I have a discipline that each week I'm going to call some friends and just check in and see how they are doing. Um, it's amazing. I, I know it might not sound what you typically would do or what would I say to them, but I, I think that's one discipline that you could put into your life to continue to form community. And I'm willing to go down this road with you of how else we can do it. But I think that would be a, important to maybe there's a practical step there that some guys out there might want to try and, and make that list I, that they might start those phone calls. Excellent. As we finish up the uh, Fast Five, let everybody know uh, how they could uh, contact uh, Southland Baptist, get involved, and or uh, support your ministry. Yeah, you can go to southlandbaptist.org, uh, which would be the easiest way to get us. So southlandbaptist.org. 
Um, our services are at nine o'clock and 11.15 right now. And you can watch either of them online. Uh, we have a Facebook page or directly from our webpage. And uh, check us out on a Sunday, nine o'clock and 11.15. And uh, re reach out to us, you go there, you can find our email and uh, just send us an email. It Thank you so much, Chris, for participating in this, uh, Pastor. Uh, we totally appreciate all the support that you've given Man Up over the years, and we just want to take the opportunity to so support you and your ministry and congratulate you on further growth. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks, Bill. We're back. This is podcast number 169. Glad you chose to be here. We're uh, each men of faith. Uh, on this spiritual faith journey. And like we've said before, um, faith is a muscle that needs to be exercised. And this is kind of like uh, men, iron sharpening iron. And <clears throat> Chris Kern, what a great guy. And we have a full director's cut uh, that's going to be released uh, probably about Friday. So be looking forward to that. And we're so glad you're here. We're still in the study of Daniel. Uh, we use different publications for our studies, and this is from the Baptist Way Press. It's called Faith Under Fire, a study of Daniel, where we have been. And this is uh, lesson number 13, and we have a great panel that uh, we have here. And <clears throat> I want to go ahead and uh, just get some opening comments uh, from the guys. We have, uh, of course, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, is online as well as the prosecutor, uh, Michael Cropper, yep. and, and the professor, Robert Koshu, here as well. So, and with that, I'd like to get some uh, uh, opening comments. Uh, start with Mr. Steve Ditch. Oh, I was afraid you were going to ask me first. I, <laughs> I, 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 that's, I, that's too much honesty, Steve. <laughs> I, I, um, well, yeah, I, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, um, uh, I'm going to let Koshu make the opening moves after I, I'll, I'll, I'll oblige you with something here. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm not even going to cover that in my opening. Yeah, here we right. are again. Here we are again in another prophecy. Actually, it picks up just these, these last uh, chapter 10 and 11 and 12. We're now in 11. It's kind of one large uh, vision dream, which we started looking at last week. And this, this is a rather long chapter. We're going to read part of it, but it's a pretty specific vision about war. It's more, it's more about war. It's more about the kings. It's more about what supposedly happens after Babylon falls and, and the whole history from 500 BC roughly to, to 150 BC uh, is given. And I, I'll, I'll throw it out there. This is, I'm going to say that this is so detailed and in some ways so specific, it's still a little vague, that I'm of the camp who thinks that this part of Daniel was written or assembled or edited about 150 BC, and all this stuff that's prophesied has already happened. Um, but, I honestly, I mean, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Cropper, but I agree yeah, with yeah. you there's on a, that. There's a I difference do. between prophecy and prediction. This is still prophecy. Don't don't turn off the podcast uh, because what? I'm being heretical. <laughs> this is still prophecy, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> right, right, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill. The, uh, 
Uh, folks, the, the, the scripture we're covering is, is enormous, and it covers, like, like Steve says, just a tremendous amount of time. And it, it's, a lot of it covers what we've been through two or three times <laughs> in the past now, right? Right. And, and, yeah. and just like Steve, folks, when you read it, uh, well, we're just going to read part of it. Bill's going to read it first and last. So we're not going to cover all of it. So you need to look at the scripture uh, at another time, and you'll see a lot of it reflects back to some of the past lessons and past podcasts we've had and and while it's while it's detailed it is also vague at the same time i agree with steve it, it's uh it's it's kind of like what you make it and it and, and, and i'm going to go just a little bit different here than touch on the scriptures but this lesson and the past lesson and the two before and many of the pri previous ones remind me of cliffhangers Okay, now why cliffhanger? Right. Well, 10, 10, 11, if we go back to lessons 10, 11, uh, 10 will start you out, and 10 is about Daniel 9, and lesson 11 is about Daniel 10. And in, Dan, in lesson 10, which is 9, don't let me confuse you, we saw Daniel interceding for sin of the Israelites because the 70 years of captivity is over. Now, an angel comes to him and tells him, He's going to explain a vision to him. And this angel happens to be Gabriel at the end of it. I'm going quick, folks. So uh, then we go to the lesson 11, which is Daniel 10. And then Gabriel, uh, Gabriel explains this vision to Daniel. So the cliffhanger there is, is the, the whoever wrote Daniel brought the, the chapters together, starts with one. Here's, what we're, here's what's going to happen. This is the vision. And then you got to wait till next week to hear what it is. And they do that consistently. They, they did that with the lesson we're dealing with today. Uh, last week, we covered Daniel 10. And Daniel told us about a great vision he had on the Tigris River, seeing a dazzling figure. And then uh, the thing interesting there, there is that um, a, a, a being which we think is Gabriel, I don't think the author mentions it, folks. If you go back and listen to the last podcast or you read it, you say this person comes and talks to Daniel, explains it to him, explains the vision he has about war that's coming. And he says, in fact, he would had a face off with the Prince of Persia. And Michael, and, and we, we may assume that's Michael, Archangel, it doesn't say that. So it could be just Michael, an angel, comes and helps him come and visit with Daniel, interpret the dream or last vision he had. And then he tells Daniel that he explains the vision to Daniel. He must leave. When he's leaving, after he explains the vision, folks, he says he's got to go fight the prince of Persia, who has blocked his path originally to Daniel. It took 21 days to get there. And then he and Michael will again fight the prince of Persia after he leaves Daniel. So uh, while we see all these, these, these predictions as war and battles going back and forth, we also mentioned to you, some of us mentioned that we, we believe there's a great spiritual battle here as well that's constantly in our lives. Uh, sometimes we see it a lot more times than other times. But anyway, yes, I look forward to today's uh, lesson and uh, discussion, Bill. Excellent. Uh, professor. So I'm going to do the same thing I've done for the past four. Um, Dr. Paul House, who is the professor, and he started this back when we first did the first prophecy. And I just think it is appropriate all the way through that um, these passages have inspired hundreds of books, articles, sermons, lectures, and media presentations. 
and it has been treated both honorably and unethically, as most symbol-heavy biblical passages have been. Many interpreters have had good and bad readings of this passage. Thus, one ought to be cautious and humble when drawing conclusions from it. And, and it's really, and I've read that every time because it's so true. I think there's some of what Steve says. I think this is one of those passages that has dual meaning to it. I think there, it does go towards Antiochus IV, but I think it also applies to the future. And I think a lot of the stuff in Daniel does, and I think if we try to... So you mean our future too, Robert? That's what you're absolutely. Right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think anybody that tries to pin it into a narrow little piece is not understanding the depth and the breadth of God and his, right. his ability to yeah. it. And, and I think those that would try to do that are just, they're crazy because I have no clue what God means with all this. I really don't, you know, but do I think it's both? Yeah, I do. So right. You, and uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, do the uh, scripture reading next. And, you know, this is perfect for a no church answers tour, uh, because to me, there aren't any real church answers uh, to this particular scripture. Uh, there's there's basically uh, different interpretations. I think it's important. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, listen to the scripture. Daniel 11, 1 and 2. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I arose to be an encouragement and a protection for him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings are going to rise in Persia. Then a fourth will gain far more riches than all of them. As soon as he becomes strong through his riches, he will arose the whole empire against the realm of Greece. Daniel eleven thirty six through 45. Then the king will do as he pleases, and he will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and will speak monstrous things against the god of gods, and he will prosper until the indignation is finished, for that which is decreed will be done. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the desires of women, nor will he show regard for any other god, for he will magnify himself above all them. But instead, he will honor a god of fortresses, a god whom his father did not know. He will honor him with gold, silver, costly stones, and treasures. He will take action against the strongest of fortresses with the help of a foreign god. He will give great honor to those who acknowledge him, and will cause them to rule over the many, and will parcel out land for a price. At the end time, the king of the south will collide with him, and the king of the north will storm against him with chariots, with horsemen, and with many ships, and he will enter countries, overflow them, and pass through them. He will also enter the beautiful land, and many countries will fall, but these will be reached, rescued out of his hand, Edom, Moab, and the foremost of the sons of Ammon. Then he will stretch out his hand against other countries, and the land of Egypt will not escape. 
but he will gain control over the hidden treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt and Libyans and Ethiopians will follow at his heels. But rumors from the east and from the north will disturb him, and he will go forth with great wrath to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch the tents of his royal pavilion between the seas and the beautiful holy mountain. Yet he will come to his end, and no one will help him. You know, Daniel is a, a book of prophecy written to educate and encourage the exiled Jews uh, by revealing uh, future tribulations and kingdoms' promises. And but but the thing about it is, uh, and like I said, this is perfect for the No Church Answers tour because, you know. Uh, the interpretation written uh, may not align with your specific uh, uh, beliefs. And that is absolutely true. And that's what we've been, I mean, certainly me, I've been kind of wrestling with uh, during the study of Daniel. Yeah. We, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. No, go okay. Ahead. Yeah, we, we, we left out a lot of uh, uh, the center part and, and, and I don't know if we mentioned why we left that out. Does anybody want to take a shot at that, Steve? Do you have a reason? Is it is it because we've covered most of it? It was long. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, it was yes. Well, uh, to be to be blunt, yeah. No church answers. It was. It was long. It was. It was confusing. But as you said earlier, Mike, it covered a lot of things we've already covered right. um, in a different right. way, in different right. language. But essentially, the fall of Babylon, the fall of Persia, the fall of Greece, and and the uh, the cut and this the the king here may be Antiochus the fourth who who was prophesied who's seen in other visions in other forms. So so we kind of dispensed with that. But I think staying staying kind of where we were last week, I, I think looking at this as as spiritual warfare. Um, and I and I like that section, for, I, I, or at least I'll point to it. It's 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 verse 30, 38. Uh, but instead, he will honor the, the king. This evil king will honor a god of fortresses, god of whom his fathers did not know. He will honor him with gold, silver, costly stones, and treasures. And you can look at that and say, "Hey, that's that's the, that's a that's a those are the gods of earthly existence." Uh, we can, yeah, we don't have, we don't, we don't put them in our day and age, a theological assignation to them, but they're still modern day idols. Uh, they've always been idols, gold, silver, treasure, power. Uh, and that's the God of fortresses. That's, you know, a for, ours is not a God of fortresses. Ours is a God of an open hearts. Fortresses, you know, we're going to hunker down. We're going to build it. We're going to build a giant castle or a giant fortress, and we're going to, you know, we're going to bring all the gold. It, it, it's an interesting image, and I think that's that's where where the importance of the prophecy aspect of this. Um, you know, sometimes you want we think of the end times as a specific 10, 20 year period. No, these are going to be the end times. This final catastrophic battle that's kind of part of the vision of Revelations, but. I have heard, and, and the more I think about it, that some people say, some good Christians say, that 
the end times started with the death of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus. And we are living mm -hmm. that out. And this, this huge battle isn't really a, a one-time, you know, square off NBA finals kind of thing. Where, it's, know, the, where, it's the 180, it's the 142 game season. And that goes into my dual, dualism idea. I think it's both. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. I, I think there I think there is a definitive end of the age battle between good and evil, God and Satan. You know, where obviously we've read the book we win, but I think there is also a daily battle that we all fight. And you know, and and and, and Paul is very clear about it because Paul talks about mm -hmm. the power and principalities of the air and of this age. You know, because our struggle's not with flesh and blood, you know, and, and he goes through those statements. And if you think about it, that makes sense. It's not a, you know, it's both. It, there, there, there's definitely something there in Revelation about there's an end time period, end of discussion, time when Christ returns to defeat evil. But does this also apply day to day as we go through? I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree that it's macro, but it's also uh, micro, and, and we each live it. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first break. Uh, this is Man Up, podcast number 169, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody, to Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, uh, podcast number 169. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. But we are uh, in uh, Daniel, Connect 360, Faith Under Fire, having a discussion um, about uh, history in the making. And um, the focal text is uh, from Daniel 11. And I agree uh, with what uh, Professor was uh, talking about before we hit the break. Uh, not only does this uh, happen on the large, the macro scale, as if the country is, uh, is one, but also on an, an individual scale. Uh, the battles between good and evil that we each have individually in our own life. And, and that's kind of a, uh, a man thing uh, that I like to wait, take away from this, uh, this study of Daniel. Well, we know the, uh, we definitely know World War One and World War Two were not a fight for evil versus evil. We think, at least we like to believe that, right, Bill? So you guys are absolutely right. correct. It's still going on today as if it were yesterday, as if it was 2,000 years ago. 
uh, and, and Robert says, yes, we have hope. We hope to have hope that one day all the conflict and that we have between ourselves and everyone else and our desire for power and conquering uh, and strength will hopefully end with everybody's desire to either serve the Lord or they won't be part of the kingdom of heaven. Um, I had a little comment here, which it happens to we, we sometimes we visit with politics and, and I'm going to go back to a part that, that we did not read, but the author makes a little bit of, of, of humor out of this folks. If you happen to have your text open to Daniel, I'm, I'm not going to read the passage, but the passage is Daniel 11 verses five through uh, five through nine. There's about uh, five sentences there. And, and, what you have in the the part that we skipped in this passage is you have there are four kingdoms that come out of uh, Alexander the Great's uh, kingdom, and then two eventually are the strongest and overcome the other two, and that's the north versus the south. And um, through these scriptures that we skip, folks, if you'll read them, you'll see that the north and south go back and forth, back and forth for like 20, 20 scriptures here. That's what we skipped. And uh, the reason for that, because you just go in one wins, the other one wins, they go back and forth and back and forth. Well, as it ha as it comes, um, the daughter of the king of the south, one, one year when the north is winning and the south is winning, the, the, the king of the south gives his daughter um, to the king of the north, who happens to be one of the Antiochus, it's long before Epiphanes, but he gives his daughter to Antiochus, and the, uh, the author makes a comment about that, and then I go a few scriptures later, and you find when the king of the north is winning, he gives his daughter to Ptolemy, uh, who, is, who is the king of the south in this, and the, uh, the results of it, let me see if I can find that for you. Um, here's a story of, of deception. The author says this comment. He says, to seal an alliance, Berenice, who is the daughter of Ptolemy II, who is in Egypt, was set up and he married the Seleucid king, Antiochus II. Now, Antiochus had to divorce his present wife, Laodice, but treaties based on scheming and lies do not last. And you'll find this in the passage if you read those and when you have a little bit more time. Antiochus later reconciled with Laodice, his wife. So he divorced his wife to marry the daughter of the king of the south. But she distrusted him then. So she poisoned him and she sent people to murder uh, Berenice's son, who is the woman that he married in place of her. And Berenice also then died. So Ptolemy III, who is Berenice's brother, again, this is uh, the king of the south, which would be, we refer to mainly the kingdom of Egypt, um, later went and avenged his daughter's death by sending an army north and uh, to most of Syria, and they killed Laodice. It was, so the Arthur's comment here, folks, and, and, and it reminds me of today, he says, it wasn't a good time for politics. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice. But, I mean, we see the same thing today, right? I mean, guys, right? Everybody, Politics is messy. Oh, absolutely. And everybody's out to sit, catch the other person right. in adultery or something or affair like that, right? Uh, and that just struck me so funny because it's it's been going on since Adam and Eve, right? 
<laughs> Since the fall. That's why they call it the fall. The fall. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny because we're covering we're covering actually sin and where it came from right now in, in the youth Bible study. So. Right. Oh, that is good. That's good. Yeah. Politics have been around from the very beginning. Right. And, um, well, and, and I, I want to revisit kind of where we were last week with the spiritual warfare. And yeah. it's something we always talk about, you know, so if you're training for war, so you go through basic training, then you go get your specialty training, and then perhaps, depending on what's going on, you may get more specialty training. So, for example, in the global war on terrorism that the U.S. went through, if you were a new Army recruit, you got in recruit, you went to boot, then you went to infantry training, and then you went to desert warfare or close quarter combat urban warfare training in, at Fort Hood, actually, before you went overseas. So as Christians, what are the three things we have? Uh, and let's talk about that for a little bit. Is, is there any comparison to the training we have to, go through to have spiritual warfare? I mean, obviously, it's going to involve what we, what we call exercise your faith muscle, one of our one of our kind of key things we like to talk about, which is just what most people refer to as the spiritual disciplines, you know, of yeah. prayer and the other things. But well, well yeah, I go back. Go, go back to you. You, it's what you do, uh, Robert. It's, mm -hmm. it's, basic training, I think, is is children's oh, children's Sunday school, but especially youth Sunday school. That's why I think oh, youth Sunday school is youth. really I, important. I, I, I will tell you all the statement. I, I teach middle school. And I teach middle school by choice because I have a screw loose or something in my head. That... <laughs> right. You're the, you know, the most impressionable or unimpressionable, Robert? Uh, both. But, but, but the statement I make to them is if, they, if, if a lot of them have grown up in church, and even if they haven't, quote, unquote, grown up in church, they have at least heard the stories of Jonah and the whale. Or, you know, I always make a joke about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You know, you've heard all these stories. And like Steve said, the spiritual armor is a kid's story, or we turn mm -hmm. it into a kid's story. But I always tell them it's time to take those stories and start making them your stories of your faith. Go, go ahead, Steve. I just wanted to. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that, that, that's my, I mean, I admit, but say. I make that statement. Yeah. What I was going to say about the training, though, which is a really good point, is you don't train from a position of strength. When you get a new recruit in boot camp, for example, when I was in the Navy, uh, they shaved your head, they gave you a uniform, but you didn't get your pants sewed or hemmed for the first three or four days. You didn't have a belt. You looked sloppy. Everybody could tell that you were a brand new, a fresh recruit. You had a fresh haircut. You had to be humbled down to a certain level. And I think the new Christians, uh, when you repent of your sins, and you, you, I think you start at that point. You don't start at the top. You start at the bottom and prepare. And, and then work your way up as you acquire. That, that actually may come later. This is an interesting phase because I think, I think what you're describing is more of a, a maybe an 
a mature Christianity? Because I think, I, and, and, and I don't, we're getting, I don't want to get too bogged down in the analogies, but if you, if you, right. your youth, your, if you want to call youth basic training, what, what I think you're trying to do with a good youth, and I'm, I'm thinking very much now teens, because that's where, where my son is, is, right. you see, this is my expectation. He is, he is, he's even today, he's still, you know, there's media coming in. Um, right now we've got, I've got him. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so we can, we can church, he can do, he can, yeah, you know, we make a point to hit, hit Robert's classes. Um, and, but he's going to, in a, in a, in a year and a half, you know, year after next, two years from now, he's going off to college. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, he's gone, he's gone. And, and he's going to, he's going to encounter all sorts of interesting things, um, diverse opinions, uh, he, I'm, I'm sure he'll be another Christian. But I'm sure he'll meet a lot of kids who were not grown up in the church. A lot of people were ste- steeped, in, you know, not have, you know, a, a, at least had kind of unfettered access to media without any parental decision. I don't want to go off the, the track here. Nonetheless, I want to know he's prepared to handle that. Now, he's going to have a lot of questions. I, you know, I did. I certainly, I fell away from the faith when he was my age. That is not my my chief worry, I think he's pretty grounded, but he's going to come back with questions. The, the important things, he's going to have that training, that ground. He's going to know what was in the Bible. First of all, the sad thing is even, you know, let's, let's leave people who the unchurched out there, hear things about the Bible. I mean, we, we, we have a show on things we think are in the Bible, things people think are in the Bible. Um, but actually were said by Shakespeare. That could be several shows. You know, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, um, which is, you know, or, or the Bible doesn't say this, or, you know, the Bible was written in 1500. Um, so now, now the next phase, I think getting back to what, what, what Bill's saying is that, that really when it, be, when it, when it drives home, um, because, you know, f- frankly, I think certainly our children, middle class, um, suburban kids, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're quite privileged. They, they really, uh, you know, they're, they're, some may go, I mean, this, this COVID-19 is a big thing. Um, they'll always remember that. And that perhaps, perhaps some are dealing with true, you know, a, a true upheaval um, for the first time. Um, but I think that, that I, at a certain point in the adult's life, I think there, there comes a Christian moment or a moment where really they realize, like, like you're saying, Bill, that's when they're laid low or when they're humbled. And maybe it doesn't have to be necessarily a disastrous thing, but the realization that, you know, they're not as, they're not as great as, you know, they think they are. Maybe it's that. Now, I didn't, we had no question other, about it. You know, maybe we're segueing into that. Right, right. <clears throat> but I, I agree, though, um, that there's just like uh, uh, there, there, there's two people, and I, I've said this before uh, there's your outward and there's your inward spiritual. Um, we and the people that are listening to this, um, know that there's a spiritual and th- that there has to be, uh, you know, a faith walk to make their life meaningful. Whereas there's so many people out there 
that don't feel that it's important. And I think what you're saying is that you've proven to your son uh, by exposing him and taking him to church and uh, you know classes like like Roberts uh, that he is prepared to know what it's like. So when he does go off to college, maybe he'll miss it if he does fall away. Maybe he'll he'll understand that I do need to uh, work on my spiritual side. Mm-hmm. It is important, a spiritual the, walk. The other side of this, it, just, it occurred to me to keep your analogy going at a, at a certain, and I want to say this to other dads out there, um, because I know there's a, there's, there's a point in basic training where recruits are subjected to live fire. Um, right, they're right. They're put under all under the barbed wire, the machine of, of fire. Okay, <laughs> got to. You've got. I think as a parent, and and, and again, it, it's age appropriate. It it is not, and I'm. This is my opinion. It is not a good idea to cloister your kid, to never talk about that there are gay people in this world to never talk about that there are other religions, to never talk about the, to basically put a child or put a child in a completely Christian environment 24-7. First right of all, I think that's, I, yeah. sorry, it's impossible. But to, to basically, you know, no, because, because what I have now, my son's 17, he will say, well, on the internet, I saw somebody saying this, 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 but I happen to know that's not in the Bible. He will come back. That's not in the Bible. Or, or again, that. what do you think about, or else he'll, you know, he'll be different, different. What do you think about somebody who says this or, you know, who, who and, and, but he's coming back, he's getting exposed to it and he's coming back with questions and he's coming back at least with a critical eye, which is, I think that is being under live fire. Do not, if you're, now I'm not talking about four and five-year-olds, but if you're not allowing 15, 16, 17-year-old teenagers to have exposure to what is going on in the world, when they leave the house, they will not be able to deal with it or will have problems. So either they will, you know, either they will maybe treat into, into more conservative Christianity, but the other side, they are just as likely to give up the faith because they won't know how, not just to defend it in print, they won't know how to defend it in their hearts because they will not have been under live fire. Uh, I'm willing to debate that because... What I get, I get you guys are saying, um, you need to let them make the hard decisions now. If you can, (laughs) give them the opportunity, right, guys? After all, most of our sons, even if they've they've been raised and given the opportunity to make these decisions in high school and with different groups, they're probably going to go experiment if they go away to college. And, and most of us did, except Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that is not <laughs> true. <laughs> all right. And, what and you're saying, that, I, I highly agree. I did. I went off to University right. of Texas in Austin. And, and I experimented for a little bit. You know what? I came back to the teaching of my parents because I had the freedom to make that choice. And when my choice, when, when, once you experiment or get your feet a little bit wet, uh, you see that there's just just what you said, uh, Steve. The some of the things and the ideas and ideological events and things that the people around you throw out don't have a basis, or don't have a 
good basis or clear basis. So well, it, it, it's very important. I think it's scarier than that. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Let's let's do that first. <clears throat> and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We will be right back. Man up, podcast one sixty nine. <laughs> You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, kind of going down the rabbit hole of uh, of raising children, talking about spirituality, but it has to do with uh, with warfare. And I mean, that's certainly a man topic. Warfare, yeah. <laughs> Spiritual warfare and preparing your children. And uh, I'd have to say I, I don't disagree with uh, with any of you in the fact that. Uh, I mean, I myself was in the military and uh, went to college, and uh, and so I strayed uh, something, but I'll never forget. Um, you know, it was plant the seeds of faith was planted uh, early with me. Uh, my grandpa, uh, who I spent a lot of time with on the pig farm, and I asked him, you know, why he goes to church. He goes, I I just believe and. I believe it makes my life better. And, and I, and I believe that too. And as I fell away, um, I, I was so, I was in the habit of nurturing my spiritual side that, that I missed it. And I hope that, uh, the, your son, Steve, uh, does. And, and, and and we'll come back. I mean, just like Mike said, uh, you know, I, I strayed too, but I realized it, it was important and it was important to me. And that's why, you know, as we carried on, I mean, we're going into our fourth year of this particular podcast. It's, it was important that it's still important, uh, important to me. Well, and, and I was going to kind of chime in on what Mike was talking about. In some ways, it's worse because they take one little piece that's in the Bible, and I think Steve pointed this out, and they take that one little piece and twist it and turn it and do something with it to where if you don't have a good background in your faith, that's how you get caught up so quickly with it. You know, and I, I, I think that's one reason why we really have to keep talking about you know, exercising your faith muscle and studying and doing things. And in particular, you know, like we've talked about, I think, you know, with your children and, and I, I'll chime in with Steve, if you're a dad, you, one of your major responsibilities is to raise your children to have a faith and to keep them in that faith piece. 
Well, you know, the thing about it is with uh, people that um, attack Christians or, or, or any, anybody of faith, uh, they will attack what you do, but they have nothing else to offer. It's kind of like the person that's looking at what you're going to have for lunch and saying, how dare you eat that? You shouldn't eat that. That's not good for you. And so you throw it away and then say, okay, well, I'll, I'll take what uh, you have. Oh, oh, I don't have anything to give you. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, don't want, they don't want you to have yours, but they have nothing to offer themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, one one um, pa pastor, a preacher in the past was uh, talking about people, and uh, we... I, I don't see that we have a problem here with criticizing people, but as you guys know, everybody, there's a lot of people out there that can only offer criticism and, and speak that uh, they have, they have knowledge of everything wrong with the other person. And that's all you hear them speak right. about. And one, one uh, particular preacher says, uh, he says, I went into a church. And in fact, he was an evangelist. He says, he says, uh, a lady approached him, a little lady approached him and says, uh, you know, Pastor, I don't like your tie. <laughs> and he says, what? He says, I don't like the color of your tie. It's too bright. So he he took a, out a pocket knife out of his pocket, and he took a reset there, and he cut <laughs> off the tie. <laughs> and then he says, okay, ma'am, here's, I don't like your tongue. Again, all this brings me back to what you guys are talking about. Simply, guys, yes, train your boys up. They're going to have to make a decision and then let them make a mistake because they're, mm -hmm. they are going to make mistakes. And hopefully they do it before they go away to college and, and have to uh, uh, fight on their own. Hopefully they're going to make a mistake when you're around and you can answer their questions and direct them. I, th I think that's so so very important. Uh, Bill, you've got a young a youngster uh, in college. Is that correct? Uh, actually, I have two that are in yeah, college. Two in college. And, the, and and the thing about it is, is uh, I feel that they need to make their own decisions. I'm there if if they have a question or they need some guidance. Uh, I want to be there for them. But I also want them to go ahead and make their own choices and get used to making their own decisions because the training wheels are off. And especially when you're in college, you need to be able to fend for yourself. And, and there, is, there is warfare and expect to, uh, expect to be involved in some battles, but understand this, you don't want them uh, to not be used to engaging in battles and not understand that a battle is not a war. A battle is just yeah. part yep. it's yeah. just part of the war. So understand understand that. And uh and, and I and I and I think they'll they'll be they'll be better for it. But uh <clears throat> but yeah you, you have to you have to let them go. You, you have to let them go. Well, we're getting down to the end of uh, podcast number 169, and <clears throat> this has been 
a great discussion uh, on Daniel and on the prophecies. And I, I believe we have what one more, one more fellows that we're going to one more. I think one, one no, more, just one chapter one, one okay. more Daniel. Uh, and okay. uh, I hope you enjoy the Men Matter and also the director's cut that's coming out with Pastor Chris Kerr, and that's going to be coming out later on in the week. And uh, go around the room and uh, one more time, get, uh, get some takeaways from uh, not only uh, this particular lesson of Daniel, but maybe some uh, takeaways uh, uh, from some of the previous lessons. And uh, start with Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I was thinking about that. What, what do we have for Man Up? How would we apply this to Man Up? Folks, uh, uh, first of all, uh, pick your battles wisely. <laughs> we have, uh, folks, all of you know, we have struggles at work. You can have struggles on the freeway, driving your car. Uh, I would suggest you pick out which battles you really, really want to win and, 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 and make sure you don't do the ones that won't help or affect your lives negatively. And one of those particular situations in the past in our podcast, we've talked about driving on the freeway and, uh, and being wise in what we do. Uh, don't, don't cause road rage or don't let somebody else affect you to where it's a rage that would um, could possibly cost your life or cost damage your vehicle, anything like that. That, that is a battle. Bill, Bill talked about that. Uh, War is always going to happen. Battles are always going to happen. Don't don't pick up a battle that is not going to affect you uh, physically or help you or hurt you. Uh, pick your battles wisely so you can go forward. And, 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 and remember, everybody around you is watching you. As men, we especially as men, whether we're at work, whether we're at home, whether we're driving our car, we are being watched to see how we're going to respond. If you have children such as Steve, Bill, Robert, uh, myself, they watch what you do. They watch you, you and how you respond to events that create stress and pressure in your life. And Lord knows with COVID vi virus and us staying home at, uh, here, it's, it's very easy to possibly release stress at a grocery store or something in line where we we're not able to get what we want um and, and and our children watch us folks and they learn by watching us and what we do and how we respond so uh yeah another very simple thing i would say to do uh from a man up point of point of view folks you've all heard this if somebody says something or does something that's very offensive to you uh count to ten and if, if it's necessary, I have to count to 20. <laughs> so, so apply everything very logically and reasonably. And, 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 and don't go to war and don't go to battle and don't struggle and don't let people stress you out over senseless stuff. Take a break, take a breath, and, uh, and uh, uh, treat it as it is, whatever event you have or whatever you face it. Excellent. Uh, professor, a couple of takeaways uh, from this lesson and maybe from the Daniel study. Yeah, I, and I've got just really one. Um, and it goes back to Ephesians 6.12, and I've got it in King James. So, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. And, and that's really what we've talked about the last two weeks is we're 
there is a spiritual warfare component to our lives. And we had to be prepared to do battle in it. And as fathers, and, and I'll just stay where we kind of ended, as fathers, we're called to make sure our children understand that. You know, it, it's up to us to give them a good work ethic, you know, have morals and ethics, but it's also up to us to get, to give them, you know, the spiritual lessons in life they need. And, and like Steve said, and I've enumerated numerous times on this podcast, I am so not in favor of going to Christian school so you can go to Christian church, so you can go to the Christian coffee house, so you can go to the Christian and only use Christian businesses because it's hard to be salt if you're in a salt shaker all the time. You can't really season anything. And we're yeah. definitely called to do that. And and I'm just going to end with that, that I think, you know, that Daniel kind of points out that, you know, like I said, I have no clue what all this means. I really don't. I've And, and I've actually spent significant time studying it and I'm probably – more confused now than I was before I ever started studying it. <laughs> if that I, 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 I <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it, but it is we're we're in a spiritual warfare battle, and it's up to us to train ourselves, and if we're men to train our children. Excellent, Steve Tinch. Well, takeaways. Picking up on that, and and we can go back to the the first half of Daniel, those first six chapters, the more fun stuff, the the tales of the mighty Daniel, assimilate or uh, else. <laughs> <laughs> and and but what it does, what in line, kind of in in wrapping it up, Daniel is such a great example of how to live in alien territory. Um, to be of the world, but to, to be in the world, but not of the world. He, he, he held to the important principles of his faith, yet he worked, cooperated, uh, and, uh, and helped, assisted both the kings of Babylon and later the kings of Persia, uh, or, or the Medes, as, 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 if, if the Medes were really there occupying Babylon. So there's, there, there's, not this, there's not necessarily this idea of, I've got to fight everything. Um, I guess what Mike was saying, Daniel chooses his battles in, in, in almost every situation. Um, he doesn't deliberately antagonize people. Uh, he doesn't get in in the king's face, but he speaks his, he speaks his mind. Um, and generally he, he, he's, he's right at the end. He's vindicated by God uh, in many of these, in, in all of these stories. So, so that I think is one takeaway from men. We are, we as Christians, we really are in alien territory most of the time. Um, and, and how we, how we navigate that is as is as, as important as how we behave in our in our faith, and that we are not called to be um, we're called actually to be spiritual warriors, warriors to be agents of of God. But that doesn't mean every single non-Christian or you know secular person is an enemy. And uh, Daniel recognized that. Excellent. You know, the takeaway that I have is uh, that, yes, you may be in a spiritual battle yourself, 
but understand the person you may be dealing with, they may be having their own battle as well. So don't make it a war. There's, there's no winner. Uh, this, is a, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And continue to work with yourself to be a better warrior as you go along. So, um, And with that, uh, on behalf of uh, Michael Cropper, uh, the judge, uh, Robert Koshu, the professor, producer Steve Titch. My name's Bill Cox, and I'm the host. This is Man Up, podcast number 169. Uh, be on the lookout for the Men Matter. Uh, the, we did the Fast Five. Uh, we also had the director's cut that is coming out, and we're going to be doing more of them. So whether you found us on Prey.com, iHeartRadio, uh, Facebook, uh, all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. Yes, we are still doing the uh, teleconferencing, but I, it, it, it seems like it's getting close to opening up, and we'll be, we'll be back in the Man Up studio. And want to encourage each and every one of you, uh, if you're looking for a traditional uh, Baptist service, go ahead and log on on Sundays at 945 uh, Sugarland Baptist Church. Uh, we have a traditional Baptist service that we stream. And when this COVID uh, quarantine is finally up, we encourage you to find a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and get involved and find a small group uh, <clears throat> to go ahead and participate, kind of like what we have here, and find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.